It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. I'm excited to kind of we've, – we've gone through the, the draft class, and now it's, it's kind of time to figure out what else we got. You know, the, yeah. the, it's funny to me how much, like, it, in previous years – you would try to find some solace in the undrafted free agency market of like, okay, well, yeah, maybe absolutely. they didn't get this and this. It's funny because this year I'm so thrilled with the regular draft class that this kind of felt like a, just a cherry on top. But there's some good players in here. I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get to uh, a bunch of these guys here in a second. Um, I do have to warn you, this is probably the, the most nerdy podcast that we're going to do all year oh, boy. We're going to talk yeah. about, what, 10, 12 free agents Maybe one makes the roster. Maybe a couple of Maybe. these guys are probably practice squad guys. So uh, we're really, really getting into the weeds here. So if you like, if you like uh, deep, deep guys in the roster that could maybe help out in some ways, you know, probably on special teams, uh, this is the podcast for you. Um, Landon, let's go ahead and let's we'll start. Uh, you put together a great list for us. Uh, thanks little Google Doc uh, of some of these players. Let's go ahead and kind of go right down through them. Uh, we'll start with Aaron Parker, the wide receiver from uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island actually had, I think, three receivers either sign contracts or get drafted. Uh, Parker, 6'2", 210, uh, not super fast, uh, but was pretty productive for Rhode Island over the last couple of years. I know you saw his tape. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, not not a ton of tape for the University of Rhode Island, though yeah. it, it, there should be, I mean, considering how many of these wide receivers they had come out. Uh you know, I thought that Aaron was a a guy that is you know uh, probably a middle class receiver. I mean, not not in the NFL, but I just think that there's got to be a hundred of these guys in undrafted free agency, right? That are yeah. have oh, yeah. the average size, kind of average speed. They don't really have any kind of uh, of uh, you know defining. Uh, trump card uh, player uh, aspect to their game um, just sort of you know reliable good route runner uh, can catch the ball you know I, I just think this is I watched Aaron Parker and I'm like okay this is a camp body you know this is a guy who I think yeah. is just gonna come in here. part two right yeah and he'll Which come in fine. and he'll, he'll yeah no it's totally fine he'll give you good looks he's not gonna screw up practice uh, you know, and I think that's really what you want is you just want a guy who can come in and, and run some of these routes for you and give your other guys a break. And then, you know, if he flashes or if he proves himself proves himself to be more than just very reliable, then you, you consider giving him a, a larger shot. But I don't know that Parker to me didn't seem like the swing for the fences upside guy. He seems more like a mm-hmm. 
hey, this is this is a guy who's going to help be really good about helping us facilitate practice because he will do everything right and not just you know screw up a whole rep for uh, uh, you know twenty two guys because he didn't know where he had to be. Yeah, I thought he was a reliable receiver, but just not splashy in any yeah. sense of the word, right? And when you're coming from Rhode Island, you you probably need to be more than just reliable to, to make it in the NFL. I know he's a team captain. I know his teammates thought highly about him. Uh, but, it, it, again, probably a camp body. Maybe he floats around in some practice squads for a year. But uh, just kind of an unremarkable signing. Um, let's go ahead and move on to a guy that I actually kind of like quite a bit. Uh, Michigan tight end Sean McEwen. Uh, I know it's a kind of a weird name, but Sean McEwen, uh, just kind of a, a fun, you know, do it all tight end. Uh, not a great athlete, uh, but good enough. More of a get in the way blocker. Uh, has some good tape from Michigan. You can watch him against some pretty good competition. Uh, I, I mentioned to you yesterday, I thought he has some, some Dalton Schultz to him a little bit. What did you see in this tape? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's kind of an interesting character. I mean, I, because you, you know, you kind of have very particular types that you watch throughout the these this process of of you know, uh, big time player in a small school or or, or uh, big time player in a big school or, or you know that's what you know just kind of like all these and, and then you have like this class of player that I like to look through where. They are maybe not big time players at a big program, but they kind of got lost in the wash a little bit. And, right, and I think right. Sean McEwen is one of those guys. I mean, he had uh, what was it? I think thirty one catches his sophomore year, mm-hmm. or, or, or something like. I mean, he had like good production his yeah. sophomore year, and then uh, and then just kind of fell off. And 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 they didn't really feature him very much after that. Uh, yeah, thirty one catches for three hundred yards his sophomore year, and then combined for twenty seven catches with his junior and senior year combined which you know really shows you kind of how he sort of fell off the target list for Michigan but I I you know, I, I liked that what and, I saw that and he had Shea Patterson as his quarterback I mean that doesn't help uh, either well sure but Shea Patterson does isn't like you know calling the rotations out like you watch some of this tape he's not on the field like you know what I'm saying like I even even when you go back and watch his sophomore tape He's splitting time heavily with at least two other tight ends. So, um, well, and I should I should mention because that's a good point. Zach Gentry, who got drafted last year in the fifth round by the Steelers, was one of those guys that he was splitting time with. So was he eighty three? Was that yeah, number eighty three? Yeah, 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 he so was good. Not, I liked watching yeah, yeah. him. <laughs> he, he's a big, big guy. Uh, yeah. So it's not all that surprising that he did split snaps last no. year. He had four hundred and seventy three snaps. Uh, 2018, 561, 2017, 511. So, yeah, so a part-time that, that, player, that, that, but probably was going to be in the NFL. But useful, yeah. And I, again, like I think there is value in these these kind of guys who are are you know in buried in depth charts at big schools that have lots of talent. You know, Michigan didn't have a ton of wins this year, as <laughs> very readily pointed out by uh, Dame Brugler several times I've noticed yeah. over the last few days. But they had more they had more draft picks than they did wins. So there is talent in the group. I, I think that this is a, a situation where you look at him, and I think you're right. I, I really like the, the comparison to uh, Schultz. I think he's a slight build technician at tight end. You know, he's he's not he's not. You look at him lined up in line, and he, you can very easily point out which is the which one's the tight end. You know, right. and and so I I think that he can come in here maybe get stronger, um, but I, I don't. You know, I think he's basically kind of just another Schultz in there, a, a guy who knows how to do it. 
probably needs to get a little bit more uh, strength to him, isn't overly impressive a- uh, uh, athletically and kind of runs like a, you know, a baby deer, frankly. I, I think <laughs> it's a good cop. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think that um, he's probably a guy that needs to be on a practice squad for a year yeah. too. Yeah. But if you get a bunch of injuries, let's say this year, let's say Jarwin and Schultz go down, could you put him on the field and he's probably not going to be? It's not going to stand out as him being awful. Probably. I, I just think. He needs to live in the weight room for the next two years, gain about 10 pounds of muscle. And then maybe in 2021, 2022, he could vie for a tight end two role. I, I think that's somewhat realistic. I think that's what's – I mean, that's what's happening at tight end now. Like, you oh, know, yeah. you, you're just not seeing a ton of guys that are getting drafted high that are coming in and playing right away. It's just it's it, it's just such a difficult position to learn and to master because there's so many things mm-hmm. you're being asked to do and then also having to deal with the jump of level and competition. I, I think that this is kind of the way that a lot of these tight ends are now being developed is you get a guy like this who has a whole bunch of traits but just, you know, probably needs to be working out full time to get where he needs to go. And then you just stash them for you. It's, it's sort of what they did with Jarwin, you know. And, and, and that's what I was just going to mention. Yeah, that's exactly what them, they did with Jarwin, get, right? Get them up to speed, teach them the position, and then eventually, you know, that all that will pay off, you know, sometime right. down the road. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some offensive linemen that the Cowboys signed in undrafted free agency. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, the first guy I want to get to is Terrence Steele, the tackle from Texas Tech. Uh, 6'6", 3'12", really long arms, huge, huge wingspan. Tested as a pretty good athlete at the Combine. Uh, I think his feet are pretty good when I went and watched some of the tape. I, I think... I think this is an interesting guy. I don't think he's probably somebody that makes the 53-man roster, but could he be a practice squad guy that turns into your next Brandon Knight, potentially? What did you see on tape? I think this is a guy who uh, you know, has all the tools you want to be a tackle. I mean, mm-hmm. has the long arms, has the nimble feet. I think if any, the problem with this guy to me is that he needs – 
I don't know if they didn't have offensive line coaches at Texas Tech or if that's just like an ongoing tradition for those guys. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, the that, thing. They, the, the, none of those guys have ever had any coaching in terms of technique. It's just yeah. get in your way for a second so we can throw the ball. Yeah, and so he could do that, you know, like he's like he's he's like you said, he's a bully with crazy long arms, you know, and when he gets his hands and pushes you, you are flying. Like you are like you are moving. But the problem with this is that he's a waist bender. He uh he has very bad punch timing and technique. Right. Uh, it's it's not even just that he doesn't know when to punch. It's his hands get wide. He is you know he's hitting guys kind of around the shoulders, which is taking all the thump out of his uh, blow. Uh, I, you know he like I said he he has long arms, but it, it's it's almost like he doesn't use them because of his his punch technique is so bad. He ends up bending over and is getting head to head with these guys when in reality he should be leaning back and keeping them at arm's length and keeping good bo- balance over his body. He doesn't keep his weight over his feet very well. He, he ends up leaning to try to engage. He's not patient. Um, so he, so it, it really allows defenders to kind of get a, a chance that they otherwise would not have because they can get into his body. They can start right. uh, swiping at his, his, his length before he can get down to them. I don't want a guy with 35 and a quarter inch arms headbutting a defensive end. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want my, my offensive tackle with those arms, even head or up chest or, or shoulder pads, anywhere near that defensive end. I want that defense. I want him staying in, in phase in front of him, between the, him and the quarterback. I want him pushing him away, pushing him past the pocket. I saw too many reps of this guy where he was almost belly to belly with, with the defender. And and just looking at what he has skill set wise, what he has with his you know his body, uh, I think he just needs to work on technique. And even even yeah. down to what you were talking about with his quick feet, yeah, he definitely has the the quick feet to move his six six three hundred twelve pound body out to to uh, the, where the defenders are, which is impressive. But the problem is that when he gets out there, he doesn't drop his weight. He doesn't have flexibility to kind of lower his. Uh, his center of gravity in order to kind of put sand in his butt and, 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 and stop speed to power. And so what I saw, what you see a lot is any rusher who had any ability to uh, convert speed to power was getting him to a yep. spot and then pushing him right yep. through. And so that's the, you know, it's just, I love his tools. I love his body, his skill set, his feet. All those things are very uh, enticing. He definitely, definitely needs a lot of technique work. He needs to work through some bad habits my concern here, and I think the reason that he didn't necessarily get drafted, though I, I think he, you know, you see draftable tools here, is that he's a four-year starter. You know, like he, I mean, or, or not yeah. a, a, a yeah. three-year starter, and he's played four years in college. So that means this guy has played a ton of college football, and and these, you know, technique things are still there. So yeah, but I would either, I would say this he didn't I don't believe he played high school football until his senior year if I remember correctly so he's still pretty that would ex- new to football that would certainly explain some things for sure uh, I, I I do have concerns and I guess that does make me feel a little better but I do have concerns that he's played so much football like this is this ingrained can you actually teach this this out of him and the last thing I'll just point out is that I know for a fact and I've watched some coaching uh, tapes with uh, Joe Philman and he. Philbin, I'm sorry, uh, and he uh, he is a big believer in making sure the technique works as opposed to it being perfect. 
So mm. he's not as much of a harper on perfecting you having to perfect the technique the way he wants it as much as making sure the the job that he wants done gets done. Right. So maybe that helps with the the kind of, you know, unsteep in the to kind of flatten the curve to use a term of sure. our time sure. uh, on the, the learning curve for uh, for him to, to kind of get up to speed quicker. I also think it's a couple things. Uh, he moved all around for Texas Tech. He started uh, if I remember correctly 30, 35 games or excuse me 47 games in college 35 at right tackle 11 at left tackle and 1 at right guard and that's quite a bit of movement for a guy who has really not played a lot of football so uh, you know, you, they had him moving all over the place. Uh, back-to-back team captain for Texas Tech. Uh, somebody that the teammates speak really highly of. This is the kind of guy that you want on your practice squad, right? One of these guys that you can kind of work with and develop that has the athleticism, that just needs to improve the technique, improve the, maybe the kick slide a little bit. He, I think he really needs to work on his flexibility. Uh, I think that's a problem for him. But again, yes, as an undrafted free agent, with a guy with this many tools and that you know has this kind of character and is still learning the game, perfectly you know fine putting this guy in your practice squad and seeing what you have in two years. You know, um, let's go to running backs really quickly. I'm just going to group all three together. Uh, the Cowboys signed two TCU running backs and then another one from South Carolina. Uh, of the three running backs that they signed, is there one that you like the best? <laughs> you're just doing this, so, so you're gonna make me say "see you." Yes. Ola, no, now, uh, now I can't say it. Now that I said it over a hundred times correctly, I couldn't say it. But say it's, whoa, it's, I got that part. Say whoa, say Ola whoa. Nalua. Ola Nalua. Olo. We're leaving this in the podcast, by the way. Olo Nalua. Yes. Sayo, and this is because this this is my guy, right? Okay. The, the running back, fullback hybrid. This is right right in my sure. uh, my wheelhouse, right? Um, I gotta say, I you know I watched all three of these guys. Uh, I, I like Sayu. I mean, I think I think that uh, he has an interesting uh, body type and an interesting skill set. He's he's very very natural receiver. Like, uh, like he's got very natural hands for being such a big guy, and he is very, um, he's very, uh, he's like a slasher, right? It's like, I mean, he 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 cuts very strongly and and, and gets up field yeah. when he knows where he's going, uh, and he can move well for for a guy his size. But I I will say this, like. I need, we need first of all we need to see the word is that he's moving to fullback. We need to see if he can run block because I didn't see him you know, have to do a lot of that stuff. And despite his size, like he doesn't really run through tackles. Like he's he's kind. I think he has balance issues maybe. Yeah. Um, because he's yeah. he's strong and like and if he gets if he's going forward and he runs into a pile, he will move it. But I also see a lot of times when um, he gets hit and it like it knocks him off course. And uh, guys his size, when they're moving, don't usually get knocked off their course like that. So I think uh, Dane Brugler compared him to Latavius Murray, and that makes so much sense because you see this guy, the body type, you would think that he's this big, powerful runner at six three, you know, two thirty five or whatever he is, and you would think that he's a strong, strong runner, but that's just not really what he is. No, and and I think he, you know, again, 
as a guy who is your outlet receiver, as a guy that you're trying to get the ball against the last defender who's in coverage, you know, I, I yeah. like him there, I think. And I think he, uh, from what I saw, he could play some special teams as well. It sounds like he was a pretty good special teams player for TCU. Uh, I think of all the guys that may have a chance to kind of make the roster, uh, just because of his the specialty nature of this thing, I think that he is probably one of those guys, right? Sure. Like, yeah, uh, I agree. But but I think that he's not like I don't know that he comes in immediately better than Olawale by any stretch of the imagination. I think no, it, it'll no. be an interesting camp competition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see this guy making the roster. Maybe a practice squad. Maybe hands yeah. around a little bit because he can do a couple different things. I wasn't all all that sold. But again, you're you're not looking for dynamic stuff here. You're looking for somebody who can play special teams, can do a, a number of different jobs. So well, we, they're going to uh, ask him to fine. do something that they don't have on tape. You know, like right. they're going to ask him to, to run block and dig out. And, so and we have no idea what he, we have no idea yeah, what he's going to look he, like when we get to training camp. He could be great at that. Like he has, sure. he's big and he's strong and he's tough. I believe all those things, but I, I don't have any, any tape evidence to see it, so it's tough to know. All right, let's go ahead and move on uh, to some other signings. Uh, three of these guys I really, really like. Um, maybe the the most well known player, uh, Francis Bernard from Utah, uh, played a bunch for Utah over the last two years. Uh, actually started his career. Uh, on, uh, I believe it was BYU, started as a running yeah. back there, uh, and then he transferred. Uh, then he was out of football for a year. Uh, just kind of a, a weird story where he kind of bounced around a, a few different schools. But um, an older player, uh, but still, I think this is somebody who whose tape last year in 2019 was really, really good. I, I think uh, he made the first team All Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about Bernard when you watched this tape? Very much the the kind of see football get football linebacker. Very good in chase and in box in a box of a, as a tap, tackler. Um, he's kind of stiff hipped. Uh, better running to a spot in zone than flipping his hips and coverage and man. Uh, he's a little bit undersized for his play style, especially. I mean, he he uh, I, I I would not feel great about playing him at like Mike because I don't know that he's great at sifting through trash i think yeah. he can see it and yeah. run and get it and tackle uh, and i think he'll be a, a plus plus special teamer uh but i i don't know that we're gonna see him uh you know at least immediately i, I think he could make the roster as a special teamer but i, I think that the problem is is that there's the linebacker depth is so deep mm-hmm. here that uh, I, I have a hard time believing that uh, he's going to push any of these other down roster linebackers off the off the roster. Well, what's interesting here is I, again, I think his tape was good when I watched. It. I really did. I thought this was somebody who, you know, could potentially be a, you know, before the combine, you know, a day three pick, uh, but just didn't run very well. Uh, tape is good, um, but how uh, you know? Do you do you put guys on the practice squad that are four eight athletes that maybe and who's already a twenty five year old? Do you, do you try to stash those guys, or do you look for somebody with more upside? Uh, we'll have to see what the Cowboys do there. But again, tape is good. We'll, we'll see what he does in training camp and preseason. I would not be surprised if he plays well enough in preseason that somebody else grabs him and puts him on their team as a fourth or fifth linebacker because he can play the run really well. It's just there's not a lot of spots left uh, here for the Cowboys. Um, 
Let's go ahead and move on to another guy, uh, Charlie T. from Portland State. Uh, we're not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but go watch him. He's at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I liked him quite a bit. Now, he's a different type of tight end, uh, 6'2", 240. I kind of think he projects as an H-back in the NFL, uh, but was pretty good in some of the games that I watched. Uh, he had three games against FCS competition, uh, and he had 380 yards and five touchdowns. Um, good mover. I, I think he can be a decent blocker in the NFL. He's not going to move people off the ball or anything like that. Uh, but I think he's good enough. Uh, I, I do think this is a guy that could eventually make a team as a fullback, H-back, tight end, could wear a bunch of different hats. What did you think of Charlie T? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think he is a guy who you kind of look at and is – Exactly what you talked about, kind of that move tight end type who, uh, you know, you wonder if he uh, if he could potentially give you some looks at fullback and uh, some other spots. Uh, I just don't know that he's he he just wasn't as athletic as I thought he was going to be. No. Um, no. And and I think that's really, you know, at that position, unless you're like a true like technician, then I want athleticism there. I, I don't. I just don't know about. I just I, I, nothing about his game really jumped out to me. I I'm, I mean I I expected him to be drafted, but uh, and Do you I, like I him was, better than Sean McEwen for Michigan. I because I do. I'll say I do. I, really I do. I, no, I definitely do. But I wonder. I mean, everything I've heard about this guy, it doesn't make me sound like he's super interested in football. And I think that's kind of my issue with his game, is that. I, I I don't know. Like he seems like he's. It seems like he got to where he got kind of effortlessly. I guess is sure. what I'm saying. And so I don't know. It it just even if you listen to the interviews with him, it doesn't. It, I don't know that he's like completely committed to what it takes to take that next step. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I don't know. I like his game generally more than I like McEwen's, but I also don't know if like this guy is going to get like three weeks into training camp and decide uh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. We'll see. I, I, I liked him at the senior ball. I thought he was a good player. So uh, he'll be an interesting one to follow. Let's take one more quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about my favorite undrafted free agent signing. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, 
No more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct. So they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, uh, I want to talk to you about Kendrick Rogers from Texas A&M. Now, I know you haven't had a chance to watch him yet, so I'll go ahead and I'll tell you what I like about him. Uh, this is a this is a receiver who started or started twelve games for Texas A and M, uh, played thirty seven total, was a part time receiver for him, has a total of seven hundred and eighty receiving yards in his three years uh, with the Aggies. But I really really like him. Uh, if you watch the LSU game from two thousand eighteen, that was the the crazy was it seventy three to sixty six game or whatever that one was. Uh, Rodgers dominated in that game. Uh, he had two touchdowns, but he had like three two-point conversions that he converted in that game. He is just a massive, massive receiver. Again, 6'4", 210. Uh, ran, ran really, really well at 4.51. Uh, huge wingspan. Uh, you know, really, really explosive athlete. He has probably the biggest catch radius in the entire draft. I mean, you can just throw the ball anywhere in this direction and he's going to catch it. But he's just somebody who really, really needs to to work on uh, correcting the mantle errors and becoming more consistent. Because when you're that talented and that athletic, there's a reason why you don't put up stats in college. But again, this is somebody who you put on your practice squad. Would not be surprising if a year, two years from now, you're talking about him as a fourth, fifth receiver and he ascends up the depth chart because his physical traits are pretty rare and his ability to to make contested catches outside the framework of his body and go down the field and make plays uh, is pretty interesting. Um, Do you have any comments on Rodgers or any other free agent signing the Cowboys may have made? I did see a little bit of Rodgers, uh, but I didn't get a, a whole bunch to watch. I, I thought that he looks like – I mean, I think he's a Rico Gathers type. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a just, little bit. I, just like all traits. You know, I, he yeah. doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like he's comfortable running routes. In, and I, So I don't think his athleticism has been locked yet. But it's all there. Like you see he's teaming with potential. I think you get him in a, a situation where you get him to run routes, get comfortable where he, where he knows what he's doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 100% worth the, the kind of uh, – It costs you uh, nothing here. No. Yeah, it costs you nothing. And I think he, this is this is opposed to Aaron Parker. This is the opposite of that, right? Where yeah, that where absolutely. this is the, yep. the upside play. Uh, the guy I wanted to mention, and if we're kind of getting to the end of this thing – that we didn't mention um, is I, I, Rondell Carter from the Edge okay. from James Madison. Um, yeah. Not you know kind of not uh, exceptional in any way. Um, average length, but he 100% knows how to use it. He's really good with his hands. Not a ton of athletic upside, but refining his technique a little bit more, I think, might reveal a, a, a tough rotational edge. I, I think that Carter. Uh, might actually be able to come in and tighten things up a little bit and actually give you snaps on the team. I, I think that Car- Carter actually could potentially, like, you know, I, we have to see what's going on with <laughs> what is a very nebulous and, and an uncertain uh, uh, edge group right now. 
But I think that, you know, if you talk about some of these other guys, and, and I think that the Kazar, uh, Azur Kamara is, is also yep. an interesting guy. I think Carter is more of the guy who can come in right now. I think he's got some strength to him and he's got some length and some technique that can give you. Uh, you know, I think he, in much of the way that uh, Bradley and I, you know, has the know-how and the, the strength to deal with it, I think Carter is kind of like a, a Bradley and I light to a certain degree. So if, a little if, bit more so, athletic, though. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Athletic. I mean, Kamara's athletic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. I'm saying, yeah, no. Kamara's no. It's completely. I'm saying uh, Carter is oh, like okay. a like Sorry. a like kind of an eye light, right? Where they're Got both it. big, hefty, but shorter, but they have good, d- decent enough hand usage that they can get by with what they've got right um and then on top of that uh kamara is more of a uh the kind of speed bend long very long arms uh upside guy right and when it looks when it's right it looks right uh and he looks he looks like a a a guy who knows what he's doing and, and can play in this league i think he's more of a of a uh, you know a stash guy, a practice squad guy that you could eventually develop. Uh, I th- but to me, Carter, out of all these guys, uh, I think he ha- just because of the position he plays and the uncertainty at edge, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Carter was someone that uh, you know made a splash and was able to kind mm-hmm. of mix it up and, and at least put himself in that conversation early in training camp. Yeah, one more guy I'll mention really quickly before we sign off. Uh, Darius Ham- Hamilton from North Texas, yeah, six two, two sixty two, uh, kind of a long arm defensive end, not you know overly athletic. Uh, again, these are one of the, the the type of defensive ends that I struggle with. You know, the guys that are not super athletic. I think Hamilton ran like a four nine zero forty. Um, but he has, you know, strong hands. He can hold up against the run, but just doesn't have a lot of juice uh, as a pass rusher. I, I miss on these guys all the time, but uh, we'll see. I mean, we, we've seen that the Cowboys have kind of a, a similar defensive end on the roster right now in Joe Jackson. Maybe Hamilton sticks around on a practice squad. Maybe he makes somebody's roster, uh, give him what he can do in the run. I know he was productive uh, for North Texas, so just someone else There's- to keep an eye on. There's a lot of these but, guys, right? That are yeah. like, like if this guy was six seven, two seventy, I, I think that his game, the way he plays, could survive, right? Like, because yeah. yeah. the, the problem is, is that he tries to play like a bully, and at six two, two sixty, you He's can undersized, you, get, yeah. you can get away with that against whoever UNT is playing, but you're not going to get get away with that in the NFC East. Correct. You know, you're not going to get away That's with that in so the hard. NFL. Like he, yeah. he's he's not he, he likes to use his strong hands and grab offensive tackles and then you know get discard them, and get out of the way. He's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. So I, I'll, I'll be interested to see exactly what he's even able to kind of do. And and I think there's a, there's a whole class of these kind of guys, and that's why we miss on them is that. You know, generally, you, you look at these kind of bullies at that size, and you think there's no way that can hold up. But every once in a while, one of these guys does hold up, and it kind of throws you for a complete loop. Yeah, this would be the kind of guy Rod Marinelli likes to have at the bottom of the roster because he's going to go full tilt all practice long. I, I imagine he's going to give like Terrence Steele, the offensive tackle from Texas Tech, the one that we talked about earlier. Yeah. He's going to give him all sorts of problem yep. in uh, camp, but. Uh, not expecting a ton, but hey, it's it's somebody that you get to watch in training camp at the preseason. Won't be surprised if he makes some plays. 
That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Again, please keep continue to give us five-star reviews. I've seen that you guys have been doing that over the last couple weeks, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're following the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.